Namaste everyone and welcome to another edition of the Ramanan Sagar Ramayan Review from the Hindu Pod. My name is Pradeep and I'm the dad. My name is Vishala and I am the daughter. Hello Vishala, how are you doing today? I'm good, how about you? I am doing excellent. I am quite happy in this new year of 2024 to be able to sit with you once again and continue with our coverage of the Ramanan Sagar Ramayan. And while we were off, we came to a realization about something. And that is, you know, I have the Ramanan Sagar Ramayan tapes on DVD. And I started watching the DVDs. And I realized that the DVDs are a little bit different from the YouTube videos that we have been linking to. And we have actually been giving our reviews based on the YouTube videos which again, they're a little bit different from the DVD videos. Um, so when we give our reviews now, we will be giving it from the DVDs because the DVDs are more complete. So if you hear things uh, on the review that you did not see in the video, it is because they're coming from the DVDs. The DVDs are still available. You can buy them online. You just might have to do a little bit of a search and I will uh, do some of that and probably put a link on the show notes as to where you can find them if you want to buy them. So Vishala, what episode are we going to be doing today? Season 1, episode 13. And what is the name of this episode? Uh, how do I... Aha, you can't... <laughs> I can't say that. Okay, so as, as we were saying before, the YouTube video and the DVD actually has two different names. The YouTube video calls it Raja Abhishek, which is the Abhishek, the, the bathing of the king, the new king, the initiation of the new king. And the DVD names it Mantara Poisons KK's Mind. So it's two completely different names. That's another difference that we have between the two. What is the IMDB description, Vishala? Celebrations mark the proclamation of Ram as heir to the throne, but Mantra provokes KK into sabotaging the coronation. Yep. Uh, IMDB gives this a rating of nine stars. I think it well deserves that. What do you think? Yep. Yeah. The original air date was on April the 26th, 1987. And Vishala, where can we find these episodes? YouTube. Yep. They're on YouTube. We're going to link them on the show notes and I will also try to find where you guys, if you wanted to buy the DVDs, where you can buy them. Um, what's your overall thoughts on this episode? I feel like the story progressed like a little faster in this episode, even though it didn't really feel like it at first. Like whenever you think over the events that happened in the episode, you're like, oh wait, that a lot more happened than I realized. Yeah, there, there's a... Uh... Yet again, it, it's picking up. We're getting to the point where Shiram is going to be banished soon. Uh, they speak about that a little bit in the episode as well. And um, this is where, you know, a, a lot of the um, childhood innocence of the Ramayana is going to actually leave. And we're going to start getting into the nuts and bolts of the story. Um, yeah, so definitely it's going to start picking up. And I think you know, going forward, this is probably what the pace is going to be like. And there were quite a few things they could have added onto this episode as well, uh, but they did not. And we will talk a little bit about it as we go along. Um, are you ready, Charlotte? Mm-hmm. 
All right, if you're ready, we can get started. Why don't you go ahead and start and I will jump in where I can. Okay. So just a little recap of the last episode. Um, where we left off was at the decision of Ram's coronation. He was told by Deshrit that he will be king and Bharat and Chetragun are out of town with their uncle. Right. So the episode starts with Sita getting her hair brushed by a maidservant when Lakshman walks in. He informs that Ram will be crowned king tomorrow, and alongside him, Sita will be crowned. Sita asks why must this all take place so soon, and Ram says he wonders the same thing. It just doesn't seem right to him. Yeah, so what I loved about this scene was Lakshman's kind of boyish innocence. He runs in there and he's so excited <laughs> to, to tell Sita Devi uh, what is happening, and he doesn't even think in his mind that any of this is, is, feels a little bit off. Right? So Sri Ram is thinking, well, this is too fast. Sita Devi is thinking this is too fast. He's like, yeah, and he, to he doesn't care. No, no, you deserve this. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love this about him. So Ram explains that they were all born together, raised, and they got married together. Why are they all, why are they crowning only one of them? Right. Lakshman says it's because he's the eldest of them all. It's tradition for him to be crowned. Ram also says that Bharat and Shadrachan aren't here. He doesn't feel any excitement or thrill. Lakshman says the excitement of the people is worth seeing. The scene cuts to the royal messenger beating a drum on a chariot. The kingdom listened to him as he made the announcements, but then the camera zoomed into one specific person in the crowd. Yes, uh, we see my girl, Mantra, <laughs> in all her glory. Yeah, so, so the way this, um, this plays out in the Ramanan Saga Ramayana is uh, just a little bit different in Valmiki's Ramayana. In Valmiki's Ramayana, um, Raja Dashrat is, you know, he's in the court and he has all the subservient kings are there with him. He has Guru Vashishche is there. He has Sri Ram is there. They're discussing all of this and they're making decisions. Now they have not consulted any of the queens. None of the queens know what's happening. And they, at this point, didn't even tell the people. But what happens is one of the courtiers of Raja Dashrat, he gets so excited, he comes out and he starts spreading the rumor. He starts telling everybody that Sri Ram is to be king. And the same courtier eventually makes his way to uh, Mata Kaushilya and Sumitra. And he tells them as well. So the, the, the court knows, the people know, and Mata Kaushalya, Mata Sumitra. But the one person that does not know is KK. Now, Mantara is in the crowd and she sees all this festivity starts happening because as soon as the people get to find out that Sri Ram is going to be king, they are so excited. They will do anything, right? So they start, as you can see in, in the episode, they're inviting people. People are coming by boat. They're starting to prepare, they're starting to decorate, they're lighting lights, they're doing all kinds of things, right? So everybody is doing all of this, Mantara is in the crowd, and she doesn't know. Nobody's told her, because she has this kind of standoffish attitude that nobody wants to speak to Mantara. Eventually, she goes to one of the junior aides, and she asks them, what is happening? And they're like, well, you don't know? Rama is going to be crowned king tomorrow. And when she hears this, she flips out, like we see here in the episode. She flips out, and her first thought is, I need to get to KK. I need to go to KK. 
So this is actually the way it plays out in Valmiki Ramayana. Now, you know, of course, uh, Ramanand Sagar would have taken into account multiple versions of Ramayana as we see it in the opening credits. So, you know, this is the way that he decided he was going to portray it based on all the research that he did. I just wanted to give a little bit of how Valmiki Ramayana says it. Okay, so yeah, we see Mantra in the crowd, and she seems surprised by the news given, which is most likely the news of Ram being crowned king. The festivities start, and people start playing music and celebrating. While everyone was preparing and getting ready, Mantra was barging through and like pushing through everybody. I see Mantra; she's going crazy. She's <laughs> to fight with people. There's this flower lady; she has a tali in her hand. She takes a tali, she throws it up in the air. Flowers all over the place. Mantara, I tell you, she is in her full glory. So soon they start laying out diyas, but then Mantara comes out and she starts destroying the diyas and like throwing everything over. And did he like notice her literally stepping on the fire? Yeah, like I don't know how her clothes didn't, didn't catch fire. <laughs> did you see the blind guy? Yeah. Yeah, there was a blind yeah. guy there and uh, he was singing the song and he starts to say that, uh, oh eyes, please, ju just for today. It was so touching, you know. He's saying, just for today, eyes, please, let me just see. Let me see Rama, just for this one day. And then you could stop working again if you want. But I just want to see my Rama. It was such a beautiful thing. So later on in the night, the scene cuts to Rama and Sita. And Sita says how everywhere is all lit up with lights. And Rama agrees, and they're both just looking out the lights. So I'm looking at them, looking out the, uh, the, the balcony. And they're looking at exactly the same place where Mantara was running around and breaking up the Diaz and all of that. I'm thinking to myself, did they see? Did they <laughs> see when she did all of that? So Lakshman or Mila come in and Lakshman says how he's seen every part of Ayodhya and no place has any darkness at all. He says that shows how much they love Ram. Yeah, so Lakshmana again is showing off his, his, uh, his boyish... Um, mentality you know what I mean he's just looking to enjoy he's running around he's so excited about that <laughs> he doesn't think of any consequences at all all he knows is my Rama is going to be king tomorrow and I am going to enjoy this as much as I can <laughs> Rama responds saying that when one gets as much love from the people it becomes difficult to be worthy of it yeah he says that uh, I feel like soon I'll be facing the most testing moment of my life and one must pay the price of love. So this is kind of foretelling what it is is going to happen very soon. So in Ramayan, there's a little story that happens here. When the announcement of Sri Ram's coronation takes place and all the celebration starts happening, the devatas, they start to worry. And they're thinking to themselves, if Rama is crowned king, then he will become comfortable in Ayodhya and he would not be able to complete his mission, which is to rid the earth of evil. So together they elect Narada to go and to speak with Rama. Narada goes and he, of course, he bows and, you know, he pays his respects. And he tells Sri Ram of the Devata's concerns. And Rama tells him 
Yes, Naraji, I totally understand. But this has to take time. And it has to work out the way it's supposed to work out. But don't worry. Tomorrow itself, I will leave and I will go to the forest. So go back and tell Brahma, tell the Devatas that they are not to worry. I will take care of them. So after that, the scene cuts to Mantra walking down a hall and she's like bumping into everyone and pushing down their things. And she gets into a fight with some of the ladies there and they start arguing and they say some interesting things to each other. Yeah, I see. <laughs> this is Mantra again. She's running around and all she cares about, she has to get to KK. I have to get to KK. I have to tell her and I have to, we have to come up with a plan, right? This is what's going on in Mantra's mind. And she's pushing people out of the way. And one of the ladies says, why so grumpy hunchback? <laughs> it was so funny. I'm looking at Mantra saying Mantra is the original Karen. This is who <laughs> this lady is. She doesn't care about anybody else. She's just going to go and do what she wants to do. Mantra though, Mantra is one of my favorite characters in Ramayana. And I will tell you a little bit about the story of Mantra. When... Prithvi Mata went to Lord Brahma to ask for help because of the havoc that uh, Ravana and Kumbhakaran were reaping on the earth. Lord Vishnu comes and he says, don't worry, I will come as Rama, I will take care of it. And then Lord Brahma tells all the Devatas to go and take birth on earth in the form of monkeys because Rama will need their help when the time comes to defeat Ravana. All the devatas go and they do as they're told. But Lord Brahma is there and he's thinking to himself, well, I can see now, I can see the future because the Lord has told me what he's going to do. I am the creator, I can see. And he can kind of tell that, you know, what's going to happen in the palace might be a little bit iffy. So he wants a backup. He calls to this Gandharva. The Gandharvas are these celestial beings. They are like the musicians, the singers, and so on in the heavenly regions. He calls this Gandharva, and the Gandharva's name is Dundubi. And he tells Dundubi what the Lord's mission is. And he tells her, look, I have, I have a job for you. There's something I want you to do. He explains to her, I want you to go and be born in the land of Kekeya and you will take the form of Mantara. You will be the maidservant of Keke. And he explains everything to her that he needs her to do. So she gladly agrees because she's going to get to be a part of the Lord's Leela. She goes and she takes birth and just as everything is said, so it happens. But she doesn't remember exactly what this conversation is because once she's born this comes out she just has this this burning urge she has this drive in her that this is what she needs to do so she continues along this path and she goes and she becomes the maidservant of KKE. she moves with KKE when she gets married to Raja Dashat she lives with her and she's a maternal figure to KKE because KKE lost her mother when she was very young her father had exiled her mother from his kingdom so she didn't have her mother to grow up. So Mantra becomes this maternal figure to her as well, not just a maidservant. 
So when we see the relationship between Mantara and Keiki, the way Mantara is able to speak to Keiki in a rough tone and tell her exactly what she has on her mind, it is because of this, because of the history between Mantara and Keiki. The beautiful thing about Mantara is that after everything happens, Bharat comes back and Bharat finds out what his mother has done. And he admonishes his mother, he disowns his mother, and Mantara is right there. And Mantara sees that after I have done all of this, look at the harm, look at the hurt I have caused to KK. Look at the, 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 the hurt I have caused to Bharata. And these are the two people I love the most in the world. How could I possibly have done this? When Bharata leaves and he goes to try to bring back Sri Ram from the forest and he begs him, look, forget about everything, forget about this banishment, I want you to be king, I want you to come back, I want you to be crowned. And Sri Ram tells them, no, he can't do that, he has to fulfill the word of his father. In that group of people that goes with Bharata, Mantara is there. And as soon as Mantara has, gets a chance, she goes to Shiram and she holds on to his feet and she begs his forgiveness and she says, Lord, I didn't know. I had no idea of what it is that I was doing. And she says, look at Bharata. Look at how sad he is. Look at KK. Look at how sad she is. And all of this is because of me. All this is my fault. And Shiram picks her up and he holds her and he says, Mantara, you have done exactly as you were supposed to do. And he reveals to her what her Leela, what her role in all of this does. And he tells her, don't worry. You leave, you go back, and you live your life. And you'll be happy. And when I come back in the form of Krishna, you will attain moksha at that point. And at this point here, it becomes a little bit iffy because some people say that this role was actually acted by Surpanak and some people say this role was acted by Mantara um, in different readings I see it, I've seen it in both ways um, but she comes back as a hunchback in Dwapara Yuga and Sri Krishna hugs her and she regains her uh, Gandharva form and once she regains her Gandharva form, she's able to go back and she goes to Vaikuntalok. And this is how Dundubi, that uh, Gandharva, this is how she attains moksha. So this is, in a nutshell, the story of Mantara. So when you see Mantara and you hear what's going to happen at this episode of the podcast, uh, don't be mad at her. Don't be upset with her. She's just simply performing the role that she is supposed to be performing and you know I, I love flawed characters and she plays this role to perfection it is just beautiful to watch so after mantra finishes that little argument the scene shows kk giving gifts to some girls then mantra enters right as she says i wonder where mantra is like right as she says that yeah you notice the way she says it right this is Again, this is the relationship that they have. She says, she's looking for Mantara and she says, I wonder where the wretch is. This is how she talks about Mantara, which kind of shows you she understands Mantara's mind. She understands the way Mantara thinks. So it shows you 
that although she understands who Mantara is, she still has this love for Mantara because she saves the very best gift at the end to give to Mantara. So yeah, I understand how she is, but I could deal with her. I'm okay with that. This is KK's thinking. So when Mantra enters, she looks over and she starts yelling at her, asking her where she was. And she shows Mantra a necklace she kept for her. And she's like trying to give it to her and put it around her neck. But Mantra says, don't put it around my neck, cut off my head. And KK asks like, why is she so upset? Her condition is, her condition fills her with dread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to wear that. You better cut off my neck. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Okay, go ahead. She asks if everyone is okay. And Mantra says everyone's alright, but she isn't. KK says she's swimming in a sea of happiness. She can only see when Ram will be king. Mantra speaks back. And KK says how Lakshman must have gotten to her head. Because Ram can't speak harshly to anyone. Mantra says how by being sweet, he'll turn everyone on the kingdom on his side. Kiki yells at her, saying that she'll cut off her tongue if she continues speaking like that. After all, Ram is the eldest and he alone can be king. Right, so at this point here, she's starting to show her love for Rama, right? At this point, she still, um, she has this, this undying love for Sri Ram. The, the, you know why uh, Kiki loves Rama so much? When Rama was small, when he was a baby, a toddler growing up, he had developed this really close relationship with Bharata. And in this relationship with Bharata, he would spend a lot of time in KK's palace. He grew up with, with uh, Bharata and they both, between all of them, were the closest. Now, a lot of us, we think that Rama and Lakshman were close, but the relationship between Rama and Lakshman is more of Lakshman being subservient to Rama. The relationship between Rama and Bharat is more of equals, you know, and they show their love for each other like that. And as Sri Ram is growing up, he's in the palace, he's growing up with, with uh, Bharata, him and KK Mata also becomes very close. And KK even says in Ramayana that Rama is even nicer to me than Bharata. Rama treats me so much better than even my own son treats me. There is no way that Rama is ever going to do anything like this to me. But while he's growing up in the palace, Mantara sees this. She sees the love that KK has for Rama and she begins to become upset because she feels like KK shows too much love for Rama and she doesn't show enough affection for Bharata. And she even gets to hate Rama even more when as a child, one day Rama is playing and he has this little ball. And as he's playing with the ball, the ball goes close to where Mantara is. And you know Mantara, she's just hunchback, she's walking with a stick and she sees the ball coming and she's going, ah! she thinks that this ball is going to come and it's going to throw me down, right? So Rama sees this and Rama thinks, oh, this is a beautiful opportunity for me to act my Leela. He goes to Mantara and he grabs her. And as he grabs her leg, she pulls back and she's thinking to herself, this little child, he is so wicked. He wants to throw me down. And from that point on, she vowed that she will get her revenge on Rama. So what we're going to see here now is Mantara's revenge on Rama. 
this thing that, that she has in her mind. Mantra says that Rama will be king and Bharat will be a slave and Kiki will be a maidservant. Kiki says, how could she think so wickedly of Ram? She loves her more than he loves Kaushal he loves her more than he loves Kaushalya. He loves his younger brothers more than his own life. Mantra says to forget those days Ram made a pretense of her, of love for her, and made a show of loving Bharat more than his own life. Bharat is a thorn on Ram's path. She doesn't know what plots he'll hash to rid the thorn. And here when she starts to get into and here is when she starts to get into Kiki's head. You can see it on her face. Yeah. So at this point, Mantara is realizing that if she continues speaking the way she was speaking before, she would not be able to get through to KK. According to uh, the Adhyatma Ramayan, Veda says that uh, Mantara turns to KK and she calls her, she, said, she says, Oh, you most unfortunate idiot. How dare you sleep when a most grave trouble has befallen you? This is the way that she is speaking to her master. That just again tells you the uh, relationship that they have. And as she starts to get into this conversation, there is another small story that is happening in the background. So the Devatas again, not satisfied with Narad Muni coming and saying that Shriram says, don't worry, we'll take care of it. They decide that they want to once again intervene to make sure that this Leela plays out the way it is supposed to. So what they do is they go to Saraswati Devi and they tell Saraswati Devi that we need you to go and to guarantee that this happens. So when we look at the episode, up until a certain point, KKE is definitely on Rama's side. And then it seems like a, a switch is flipped. And then she changes. And what happens here is Saraswati Devi enters the mind of KKE and clouds her judgment. And when Saraswati Devi does that, then she starts to change. She forgets everything. She forgets all the love she has for Rama. She forgets all the love that Rama has for her. She forgets the family, the, the bonds that she has with her family, with Dashrat, with the other queens. And all of a sudden, and all she cares about is Bharata. And she will do whatever Mantara tells her to do. Mantara says to protect her Bharat, and Kiki rushes to her, asks, and she asks what she's saying. Mantra says if she wasn't so naive, Bart could have been king. You, you thought the king was your slave. He sends Bart off to his grandfather's and then prepares for Ram's coronation. Kiki asks for Mantra to get away. This is such a devious conspiracy. She asks who filled her mind with such horrible evil. Yeah, so Mantra is... Notice what she's doing. And this is uh, people that, that want to sow um, discord. This is what they do. They take a grain of truth and they build their entire case of lies around that. It is true. It is true that Dasharta had sent Bharat in Dasharta had sent Bharat to visit his grandfather and he sent Shatrugan with him as well. But he didn't send them for that. He sent them because the grandfather was ill. And the grandfather wanted to see them. That is why he sent them. But Mantra is taking this and she's using this 
as fuel for that fire and getting into KK's head and using it as, as evidence. KK asks, what does she gain from this? But then Montero says that it's her gain. Not everyone in the world is selfish. She says that she's raised her and done all these things for her. She's not being selfish. Montero tells her that she'll become a servant, and KK refuses to believe that she could be anyone's servant. Montero says that Kaushalya would make her wash her feet, but KK refuses to believe that would happen. She says that before making the decision of Ram's coronation, he didn't even check with KK. She says that King Dashrath and Kaushalya have both conspired behind her back, even so, though we know this isn't true. So, yeah, so once again, she's taking a partial truth and turning it into, you know, weaving it into her, her web of conspiracies. Yes, it's true that Dashrath didn't consult her in making this decision, but it is also true that Dashrath didn't consult any of the queens in making this decision. The fact that the queens found out before she did is really not of Dashrat's doing. Right? This is something that that this is something that circumstances sort of dictated that this is the way it played out. But she is using this as fuel again for that fire to cause hate in KK's heart. So around this point is when Mantra finally like gets into KK's mind. Keiki says no, she'd drink poison and die before she could ever become someone's servant. Mantra says anything could happen in a night, three dice right and the victory's hour. Keiki says she doesn't know what to do now, Mantra is all she has. She says, you show me the way, I'll do it, whatever it is. Mantra reminds her that the king owes her two boons, but Keiki can't seem to remember. Mantra starts explaining. There was a war between the gods and the demons, and the king had gone to help Indra fight the war. Keiki went with him, she was his charioteer. The king was badly injured in the war, and he fainted there. She then guided the chariot skillfully out of danger and saved his life. She pulled out the arrows from his wounded body. The king was so pleased that he said, My queen, I grant you two boons, so ask whatever you want. And Keiki said she'd ask for it later. Now is the time to use these boons. Her first demand would be that instead of Ram, Bharat will be king. Kiki smiles, thinking that Mantra's decisions are good. She then asks for the second. Mantra says that the second boon will be that she has to exile Ram to the forest for 14 years. Kiki is a little taken aback, asking why Ram should be exiled. Mantra says how she's already gone soft. Kiki says don't be angry, she just doesn't understand. She's sure it's a good idea, she just needs some... She's sure it's a good idea, she just needs some explaining. So, this little story about how Keiki gets these boons serves a second purpose as well. And that is to show you why Keiki was the favorite queen of Raja Deshtra. Right? Ramayan talks about this, about how Keiki Mata was actually the favorite queen, although she was the last queen, she was the favorite queen of Raja Deshtra. KK didn't grow up as a, a, you know, a castle princess. She wasn't this, this helpless maiden. She was a warrior princess. And this is why she was able to accompany Raja Dasharat in battle. And the way the telling goes, you, you can read it in, in multiple ways. There are different versions of it. Some say that uh, she drove him out of the, uh, out of the battlefield 
and she tended to his wounds and all of that like we see here some said that her hand was as strong as diamond uh the wheel was coming off of the cart and she put her hand into the she put her hand into the axle to hold the wheel in place because her hand was so strong and when raja dashrath realized what she did this is when he granted her the boons but the end story is yes he did grant her two boons and she did say that she didn't want them and whenever she needed them you know he told her that she would have it mantra says that ram has cast his magic on the people of ayodhya and they'll rise in revolt in ram's cause they'll take some time for things to work out and get everyone on their side in 14 years bharat can take his place and stamp his authority on ayodhya she says to summon the king and change the course of events so kk calls to one of her servants and she does the little clap clap thing and um one of her servants show up you ever tried calling somebody like that no i'll try it next time i see what happens okay <laughs> um so her servant makes her way to go to dashrath's palace but she's stopped by the guards they say she can't be let in even after saying it's a message from kk She says to inform the king that the youngest queen wishes to see him soon. She then leaves. The scene cuts to Ram and Dashrath speaking, and the king says how tomorrow Ram will be king. But remember, he who wears the crown offers himself up to the nation and its people. To be a king means to be an ascetic. Everything belongs to the nation. If need be, a king must sacrifice his women, sons, and friends, even lay down his life for the nation. because the nation alone is his friend and it is his family he continues explaining to ram the different expectations and attributes of being a king yeah so this is a, a beautiful uh part of the story and um watching this it gives you the understanding of why shiram lived his life in the way he did this one conversation that he is having with his dad shapes his entire rule as a king and it actually kind of clarifies some of the decisions that he makes later on he says the nation alone is your friend and your family if you cannot understand this then you have no right to collect taxes from your people the king must be the standard bearer because people will follow in his example he tells him the king's strength is in justice and not punishment he says that justice must be impartial and his generosity must always temper his justice and what he means is that he must use a sense of discretion when administering justice he says the king is called god on earth because the life and death of his people are in his hands he says they rely on him for their joys and their sorrows and this is why he must be compassionate and practice forgiveness and generosity which are attributes belonging to god himself he says a king must lead from in front he says your subjects will not follow or respect one who is not brave himself and this is a very this is a, a a fantastic lesson in leadership if you are a leader of anything and you are not willing to stand in front and actually do the work that needs to be done if you want to be a dictator and tell everybody else what needs to be done you will not be 
you would not be respected. You have to be able to stand up there, stand with your people, and do everything that needs to be done. He says, a king must be humble to gurus, sages, poets, and thinkers, because it is these people that are the true leaders, and they guide the way. He says, the king's innermost thoughts must remain locked within him forever. Just because if you're a king, you desire something personally, that you want that, no. You have to keep that to yourself. Your first priority is towards the people. You always do what the people wants first. He tells Rama that it is the duty of the outgoing king to impart this knowledge to the new one and to share his experiences of kingship. So this is what he's sitting here with Rama and this is what he's doing. And this conversation is so important. This is why he tells the guards, don't let anybody come in. We don't want any disturbances. Make sure that we are left alone. The scene cuts to Mantra and KK, and KK's pacing the floor. Mantra says that even though it was the queen's message, the maid wasn't allowed to see the king. Ram isn't even on the throne. Ram isn't even on the throne, and this is what happens. She has to see that the king's sweet words won't pull down this raging anger. Mantra says to not let her husband's words trick her. Keke says to let him come first, and she'll see if he keeps his promise. Mantra says haste can cost you the game, but Keke says what haste? They've hardly any time now. Mantra says you must shoot after you take aim, and Keke says, Keke asks what must she do then? She has no one but her and all of Ayoja now. Yeah, so uh, Keke is at the point that she is ready to give in, right? We'll see how Rama rules if Desha doesn't want to come and Desha doesn't want to do what he's supposed to do. And Mantara tells her, well, you know, so quickly, so quickly you're ready to give up. And Keiki tells her, he says, Mantara, you are all that I have. You tell me what to do. She puts her entire faith in Mantara, right? Somebody that is so strong, so powerful. We just spoke about Keiki being a warrior princess. She takes all of her good judgment, all of her best judgment, and she throws it out the window. And she turns to this person and says, you tell me what to do which in itself is a very great life lesson. Mantra says to throw up all these royal adornments, take off all jewels, and go to the house of displeasure. There on the floor, act mournfully, and let your eyes be sw swollen from weeping, even if they're false tears. Keiki looks at her, confused. She asks how will that help, and Mantra says that her pitiable state will drive the king to mindless anxiety. He'll then fall at her feet, begging for her to tell him what's wrong. She must not say anything, just shed tears. So Mantara tells her that when the king comes and he sees you like this, he will fall to your feet, begging you, asking you what's wrong. And then when that happens, she says, don't speak. Don't speak, just keep crying. Don't answer any of his sweet words. And then when the time is right, then you make him promise on Rama's name, that he will do whatever you ask. And not until he does this, do you say anything. Wait until he makes that promise before you utter another word. The scene cuts to Adeshwar and Ram walking out of a room and to the guards from earlier. The guards tell them about how Keke's maid wanted to come in. He tells the king how the queen requested his presence at once. Deshra turns to Ram, telling him to go to his room and Guru Vishishta will be there. 
he wants him in season to perform certain religious rites and practices and practice austerity. Yeah. So it, it cuts here to Rama and Sita and they are doing worship to the Guru. They're washing his feet. And Lakshman and Urmala, they are there in the background and they are helping wherever they can. The Guru blesses them and he says that this worship is done for their own welfare. He tells them that tomorrow is a coronation. And until then, you are bound by this vow of purity. Until the coronation, you must vow in thoughts, words and deeds to be pure of soul, exercise self-control, sleep on holy grass on the floor and to fast. And they, of course, they said, yes, Guruji. So the scene shows Dashrath walking to KK's room, but she's nowhere to be seen. He calls for both her and Mantra, but neither of them respond or are even there. KK, KK's maid comes out, and Dashrath asks where KK is. She responds that KK is at the house of displeasure. Worry strikes Dashrath's face as she, see, as she says this, his eyes widening, and then the episode ends there. Yep, that is it. Are you excited for the next one? going to be interesting it will be very interesting <laughs> i'm telling you this is going to be really good i can't wait to see it was there anything in particular that you liked about the episode i liked mantra's actor the way that she did things when acting like little small details that helped build her character like it's like you know how like she would like do that thing with her eye first yeah like just like little small details it's not only because like she would occasionally do things to make us laugh it's because like she just like puts in like little details, like just to make yeah. her character better. She did an amazing job. If you Google her, look her up and see how she actually looks. It was a total transformation for her. She's played by an actor. Her name is Lita Power. Uh, for me, uh, the thing that I particularly liked about this one was watching that scene with Sri Ram and Dishra. Uh, coming to the end where Dashrata is imparting all this knowledge to Sri Ram. And understanding, knowing that what will happen in the future and knowing the decisions that Rama makes, now it makes more sense that, okay, this is why he makes these decisions because of these are the instructions that his dad had given to him. And he is following the words, he's following the wisdom of his father when he makes these decisions. So I, I like that. I liked watching that and, and kind of giving me a better understanding of Ramayana by seeing that. Is there anything that you disliked about it? Not really, no. No, it was pretty good. I, again, I, I really liked it. Um, and I, again, I don't know if this is a dislike. I really don't like this category we have called disliked, you know, because most of the times I really like everything. Um, but if there was something that I would change, I would probably try to show a little bit more of the Devata's interference, mm -hmm. you know, in shaping the story. Because, yeah, when, when you watch it, the way they portray it, it does make sense. It makes 100% sense. But when you add in these couple little things, it, it, it clarifies it even that much more. And I understand that, you know, they only have a certain amount of time to um, to put this on the screen. Um, but, you know, it would have been nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe cut back a little bit on some of the songs or something and put, you know, it would have been nice to see Nara. It would be nice to see Saraswati Devi, this kind of thing. You know, it would have been nice. Was there anything that stood out to you in particular? Uh, 
nothing really just like more they have like i said before with mantra they just put little details throughout the show just like just like the thing with mantra's eye they add in little things like mm-hmm. remember the blind guy just like they just like add things to the show to make it more touching yeah. and you're just kind of like oh they did that yeah this, this show they they you can tell this show was a labor of love this particular episode was a labor of love they did everything they could to um give you that feeling of being in ayodhya and seeing what the citizens were going through seeing the emotions that they were feeling at the time and even showing the emotions that mantara had at the time you know everybody was on their a game in this episode i think and for me for me also what stood to me most of all was you know miss lalita powers uh acting she literally became mantara she was so good in this role that anytime anywhere somebody thinks about mantara they think of her she is the image that comes to their mind she is so perfect in this role she is fully engrossed and you know she becomes this person that you can just look at her and you can just hate right mm-hmm. because this is who mantara is uh, if you don't understand the back story and why she did what she did you would just look at her and say why this woman is so wicked she changes everything the entire ramayan changes the entire story changes the leela happens because of mantra and lalita powers she she does this perfectly she is the standout performance 100% all right so that's it i think we got everything um do you think we missed anything no so i just want to thank everybody for uh being a part of this and for listening to our podcast please remember to like share subscribe and this will help others to uh find the podcast it helps to bump us up in the feed if you want to send us an email you can email us at thehindupod@gmail.com if you want to send us a text you can text us at 281-804-9616 you can also search for the hindu pod on facebook and you will find our facebook page If you're living in the Houston area, you can find us on most Sundays at the Sanatan Dharam Mandir for Sunday morning satsangs. And for now until the opening of Sri Ram Janam Bhoomi uh in Ayodhya, we will also be observing Thursday night satsangs at the mandir. So if you are available on Thursday evenings from 7 to 9, we will also be having Ramayan satsang at the mandir. The mandir is located at 12918 Clear Street in Houston, Texas 77045 This podcast is sponsored by hinduhandcrafts.com Please visit hinduhandcrafts.com for Hindu religious based items such as framed pictures, wall plaques, tapestries, t-shirts, clocks and so on. They are perfect for puja use, home decor or gifts. Until next time, Jay Shiran.